Welcome to this week's message from Crosspoint Community Church. You can find us on the web at crosspointonline.org. There, you can find links to our social media accounts. Led by Pastor Mike Deese, we meet every Sunday at 11 a.m. in Roswell, Georgia. Now presenting this week's message. Who's excited about all the things that God has for us at Crosspoint? I'm excited, man. We got a lot of things going on, all right? We got our banquet coming up this year. It's going to be great. We got a lot of stuff happening, and uh, we're excited to be a part of it. So, welcome to week two of a three-part series called Come to the Table. Can somebody say, come to the table? All right. So, we have invited, actually the Lord has invited you to come to the table and be with Him. And uh, He wants you to be with Him. So, last week, Pastor Mike kicked off this series, Come to the Table, and we talked about uh, Psalm 23. How many of you guys had that memorized? Don't lie. We're in church. How many guys... Awesome, awesome, good, good, there we go. So Psalm 23, you know, very famous and well-quoted and memorized scripture, Psalm 23. So we talked about that and we talked about the middle part where David says, the Lord prepares a table before me in the presence of who? My enemies. So God prepares a table before us in the presence of our enemies, not just that. So what I got from uh, the message last week was in the middle of life, in the middle of tribulation in the middle of trials in the middle of stress in the middle of it all god prepares a table and at his table there's provision at his table there's peace at his table there is him above all things he is at that table and where the spirit of the lord is there is freedom amen and there's freedom at the table for you this morning and there's so we talked about that last week and we see Jesus referencing this table that he has for us in the New Testament. So David talks about it, and then we see Jesus references this, this table at the, uh, at a, he references the great banquet. And so what happens is, Jesus is actually invited to a dinner with, from a Pharisee. And he goes and he's with these guys and they're hanging out. And so Jesus takes the opportunity to give them a little life lesson. Now, let me just tell you, I, for me personally, I feel like if Jesus were to tell me something, I'm, let me just tell you straight up, I would be offended because Jesus spoke the truth, didn't he? Didn't he speak the truth? He always spoke truth. And you know what? He spoke to people and he was always after their hearts. He was always after the heart of the issue, not wanting to insult you, but really to find out where your heart is in the matter. So Jesus is at this, uh, he's at this banquet, he's at banquet, he's at this dinner table with the Pharisees. And, uh, you know, he says, you know what, while we're here, um, while we're here at this dinner, you guys invited me. When you are invited over to somebody's house, this is in uh, Luke 14, when you're invited to somebody's house, don't you go finding the, the best seat in the house and look for the, the seat of honor. Rather, you should take the lower place, the lower seat, so that when your guest says, hey, why, don't you, why are you sitting over there? You come up with me, you'll be honored in front of your guest, right? And then he goes on to say, for whoever, hum, whoever exalts himself will be humbled, and whoever hum, humbles himself will be exalted. And so he, then he goes on to say, all right, so that's, when, that's what happens when you go to somebody's house. Don't you go find the best seat in the house. But now when you invite people to your house, 
What you need to do is not invite your friends and your cousin and, and, and grandma and uncle, uncle, I was about to say Uncle Sue. If you have an Uncle Sue, we can talk after service. It's cool. It's fine. Right? So you can invite your, don't invite your family and your coworkers because they can pay you back. That's easy. Anybody can do that. Rather invite the people like the poor, the blind, the lame, those people who cannot repay you because your reward is ultimately in heaven. So I can imagine being there. I mean, it's getting, tense is getting awkward Jesus just dropped some truth bombs like we all feel like oh gosh so this guy kind of perks up and says hey trying to cut the silence hey blessed is everyone who eats bread in the kingdom of God right right he's like sweating like he's just trying to break the awkward silence that Jesus just spoke truth in there and then then Jesus proceeds to tell them about the great bank the, the great banquet the, the the biggest and best invitation you can ever receive and that's the invitation to his kingdom and so that's what we've been looking at for these past couple weeks and next week pastor mike will conclude it uh in this series so i want to just read with you really quick uh just to give you some context of what we're talking about luke chapter 14 and we'll start in verse 17. if you have your bibles please turn there with me if you don't uh, one of our guys would love to hand you a Bible. You can just raise your hand if you do not have one. And once again, we're in Luke 14. Luke 14, verse 17. Say amen once you get there. Amen. amen. Those are the super Christians, right? Got it. Whew. Easy. <laughs> Done. I was, there. I was there this morning. Just kidding. <laughs> I love y'all. All right. <laughs> So verse 17, and at the dinner hour, he sent his slave to say to those who had been invited, come for everything is ready now. Can everybody say now? now? But they all alike began to make excuses. The first one said to him, I have bought a piece of land and I need to go out and look at it. Please consider me excused. Another one said, I have bought five yoke of oxen and I'm going to try them out. Please consider me excused. Another one said, I have married a wife and for that reason I cannot come. So what we're going to do today is going to, we're going to talk about those three different excuses those people made. And what I'm asking you to do, as I've been doing myself, is really ask the Lord, ask the Holy Spirit to reveal to you what are some areas in my heart, in my mind, that I may be making excuses for why I will not come to your table. Join me in prayer. Father, you're so good. You are so awesome, Lord. Thank you, Father, for giving us this privilege this opportunity to come before you as we are in all of our sin and all of our mistakes God you see us as your sons and daughters thank you father for your spirit that is here already that is at work within all of us individually and as a whole God we give this time to you it's about you Lord Jesus it's about you and your heart your beautiful big precious heart that you have for humanity God, we surrender our mind to you right now. We surrender our hearts. We ask that your word will fill this place, Jesus, and that your spirit will guide us as we are listening to your voice. We love you, Father. We pray all this in your name. Amen. All right. So if you know a little bit about me, you know that I love to eat. I love me some good food, okay? And if we haven't gone out to eat yet, I apologize, but we need to set it up today, okay? I... That's one of my favorite things to do. Just let's go out and eat and talk. Let's just hang out. And I've told a couple of y'all before, but it blows my mind that we've, I've probably been to a new place to eat since being here probably every week. 
it's just crazy. You are blessed. If you live in the Marietta area, you are blessed. The Lord loves Marietta and has sprinkled little places of good food all around here. So it's been amazing just being here, eating the good food. And um, But on that note, you guys all know that Thanksgiving is coming up. And uh, it's going to be awesome. But I want to share with you a little bit more detail as to why it's going to be awesome. Okay? So... Not only are we back in Georgia with our family, okay, what happens is in the morning mid to mid-afternoon, I will be with my wife and her family and grandma and bebop, and we're going to hang out at their house, and we're going to eat some good, I'm talking about good food, y'all, okay, some good cooking, some good country cooking, right, and we're going to hang out, we're going to have a good time, and we're going to be there, but the same day, okay, the same day, Thanksgiving day, we get to go to my side of the family and have some more food, some Caribbean cooking. So on the same day, we'll get have some good country cooking, and then in the evening we'll have some Caribbean cooking. Okay, y'all don't y'all don't feel me. You don't you don't understand what I'm saying here. God loves me, okay? He loves me. I know he loves you, but he loves me, okay? So we're gonna have just just awesome food in one day and I cannot wait. It's going to be so good, right? But what happens to all of us Thanksgiving, you know, other than us, you know, having Thanksgiving meals over and over for like the next couple weeks, months, what happens after we eat all the food, right? We're stuffed, we're full, we sit back, recline, turn on the TV, and that's that's the day. We can't do anything else because we're just stuffed, we're full, right? Right. And so that's that's what happens naturally when we are full to the brim. We are not going to in your right mind. If you're in your right mind, sometimes I'm not. But if you're in your right mind, if you're full, you're not going to go back to the table and get thirds and fourths. Right. You're not going to do it because you're stuffed in the same way. I believe some of us are already full and we cannot and will not come to the table and and delight and enjoy what God has for us. Because we're already full, and you might be asking, so what are we full of? I believe we are full of, and what we see here, what, these, what they struggled with was, we might be full of our own desires. And our own desires has filled us, right? You know what, we know the Bible tells us to taste and see that the Lord is good, right? To taste and see that He is good. But I believe some, somewhere along the line, we can, we can get distracted and we can get preoccupied with things that are not of the Lord, and it fills us up. And so we don't immediately go to the table because we're already full. So what we're going to do is we're going to go through, like I said, go through these uh, these guys and kind of hear what, see what they said about the excuses, kind of break it down. And then I'm going to give you some time just to reflect and, and hear from God and, and just ask him to search your heart and examine what's happening in your heart and in your mind. And maybe there's been some excuses that you've made and maybe forgot about that hasn't been clear. And God is wanting to, to show us more of himself. So the first guy said, but they, all, but they all alike began to make excuses. The first one said to him, I have bought a piece of land and I need to go out and look at it. Please consider me excused. So I believe the, this first guy that he represents um, the American Christian. I say that because this guy is wealthy. He has money. For him to go out and, and, and buy land, he has money. And you didn't, you didn't just buy land back in those times. You had to have a good amount of money or be in family that had money. And really, if we're honest, you know, we live in a very wealthy, wealthy country by the grace of God. Every single one of us here are so blessed. We're so privileged, 
right? We all have, after we leave here, we'll probably find one of the closest restaurants. We'll go grab some lunch that's available to us out of the many options we have. Then we'll go home to our nice house and we'll get to sleep on our bed and we'll get to enjoy a hot shower and we'll get to, we get to enjoy cold water. Right, we're blessed. We all know that we are blessed in this country. And I believe this, this first guy represents the, just the American Christian that we are, we have, we have what we need. Thank you, Jesus. I'm, don't, don't hear what I'm not saying. I'm not, you know, making this look bad. It's, it's a blessing. It's a privilege. God is all about wealth. He, 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 he cares about wealth. But I think because we're so, we're surrounded by it, maybe we can be distracted. Maybe we can be preoccupied, right? So this guy, he said, I bought a piece of land already, and I got to go see it. Sorry, you guys all heard that? I'm so sorry. It's like, I thought I'm like really dry. Sorry. Uh, so, so he bought a piece of land, and, um, and so he went to go see it. And so it makes me think of like just the eyes, just him wanting to see it, him wanting to finally get his eyes on what he has purchased already. And when I, when I read through this, it made me think about somebody else whose kind of eyes have uh, made them make wrong decisions, right? And if you want to go with me, keep your fingers in Luke 14 and go with me to uh, Genesis chapter 3, verse 6. Um, so we all know the, the fall of Adam and Eve and it's just interesting to point out, Genesis 3, 6 says, When the woman saw that the tree was good for food, and that it was delight to the eyes, and that the tree was desirable to make one wise, she took from its fruit and ate. And she gave also her husband with her, and he ate. Thank you, Felicia. I appreciate it. Super dry. I don't know how you do this, Pastor Mike. Every week, like, just very dry. <laughs> I'm sorry, everyone. So she, so what Eve did, it says, when the woman saw that the tree was good for food and that it was delight to the eyes and that, there was, that the tree was desirable to make one wise. So Eve saw that tree. Do you think that was the first time Eve saw that tree? It was not. She had her mind on that tree. She had her eye on that tree. She didn't just run into it and say, oh, I fell, and then the apple fell into my mouth. It was crazy how it happened, God. Like, she planned it, right? She planned it. She saw it. And one day when she was weak, when she wasn't really in her best strength, she planned to go there. That tree was in the middle of the garden. She knew where it was. So I believe one thing that this guy I believe his eyes were full. His eyes were full. And I believe sometimes our eyes can be full and we can begin to plan, right? We, be, we begin to plan our life as, as if it's our own. We, get, we begin to plan things. And, and we saw the downfall of Eve. She planned to go to that tree and it was a downfall. And this guy, he has a bunch of plans for that land. He may have been a farmer, but he had plans to, to use that land for, uh, you know, for, for, uh, for growing more crops, whatever. But he planned and he didn't include the Lord. And God was inviting him to come to the table. God was inviting him. So let's look at the second guy, who, his excuse. On verse 19, it says, another one said, I have bought five yoke of oxen and I'm going to try them out. Please consider me excused. And so this guy, 
I believe he represents the working American Christian. He represents, he's, he's a worker. He bought five yoke of oxen. So you're not just getting yoke of oxen just to have them, but he's getting the oxen so that the oxen can till the ground, plant the seeds, get the crops, you know, sell the, the produce, right? So that's what he's doing. He's a, a hardworking man, and all of us are working people. We all work. But I believe for this man that his eyes weren't full, but I believe his hands full. His hands were full. And I believe his, the hands represent what we have in our possessions. Hands represent our possessions and things we have because he had to work. And he worked for his, he worked for what he had. And, you know, he, yeah, so he had to work for what he had and it was possessions that he owned. But I believe that this, in the same way the guy cannot come to the table because he's full, his eyes are full, this man's hands were full with possessions, with things that we have. And it is so easy for us. Right. Like I said, in this very wealthy, wealthy country of ours to just have stuff for the sake of having stuff. We just have things everywhere. We have things everywhere. And I believe the Lord is asking us to evaluate your possessions, evaluate, evaluate what you think is really yours. It's in your it's in your care, but it's ultimately mine. It's in your care, but it's ultimately the Lord's possessions. So I want you to turn with me to Matthew 19. Matthew 19. And you guys, you guys know this story in Matthew. Matthew 19, verse 16. We'll just read it together. So this is about the young rich ruler that I'm sure you guys know this story. It says, And someone came to him and said, Teacher, what good thing shall I do that I may obtain eternal life? And he said to him, why are you asking me about what is good? There is only one who is good. But if you wish to enter, enter into life, keep the commandments. Then he said to him, which ones? And Jesus said, you shall, commit, you shall not commit a murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not bear false witness. Honor your father and mother. And you shall, and you shall love your neighbor as yourself. And you know, Jesus could have easily gotten to where he told him, what's about to come next. He could have easily just got to the point. But I believe Jesus is always searching our hearts, right? Jesus is always searching for the reasons in our mind, the reasons behind what we do, the reasons behind our motives. He's always checking our hearts. So for this man, he asked him, so he goes on to say, the young man said to him, all these things I have kept, I, all these things I have kept, what am I still lacking? And I can see that this guy is getting happy that he's kept everything that Jesus said up until this point. And Jesus said to him, if you wish to be complete, go and sell your possessions and give it to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven. Come and follow me. But when the young man heard this statement, he went away grieving for he was one who owned much property. Now, I don't, I don't want you to hear what I'm not saying about property and possessions. I don't believe Jesus had intentions to tell this man that you need to get rid of all that you have. I believe Jesus was trying to get to his heart that if God were to ask us today, sell all of your possessions, what will your answer be? How tight is our grip on the things that we own? Whether it be a house or cars or our finances, 
That guy who had the oxen, he had to work. He was working for his money. So his excuse actually seemed right. It seemed legit. He's working for, to get money to provide maybe for a family. But if God were to ask you to sell all that you have, what will be the answer? And I believe there's a lot we can learn from, from this guy because he had a lot. And it was just years of maybe accumulating things that he didn't need. So let's look at the last, the last person who made the excuse. Another one said, I have married a wife, and for that reason, I cannot come. You know, I believe that this is the place where we don't want to end up, where the first two guys said, please consider me excused. But this guy said, I can't come. Like, you know this is legit. I just got married. There's no way I'm going to come. So the first guy, his, his eyes were full with plans. His eyes were full with plans and the things he wanted to do. The second guy, his hands were full of possessions, the things he had. And I believe this third guy, his heart was already full. His heart was already full. He already committed to someone before accepting the invitation to come to the table. And that's where we don't want to end up is where we, our hearts are not where the Lord wants it to be. Our hearts are removed from the invitation. I want to turn with me to Luke 9, just a couple chapters, a couple chapters back, Luke 9. So in this instance, this is, it's almost like a parallel story of an invitation that Jesus makes. And then there's excuses to follow. And we kind of see this pattern where, um, and all, you know, and all Jesus is really saying is follow me. He's just, making a, he's just making a statement, just follow me. And really, his truth shines on our hearts. And it will either, it will reveal our motives and what we really have in our hearts. So Luke 9, starting in verse 57 it says, as they were going along the road, someone said to him, I will follow you wherever you go. And Jesus said to him, the foxes have holes and the birds of the air have nests, but the son of man has nowhere to lay his head. And he said to another, follow me. But he said, Lord, permit me first to go and bury my father. But he said to him, allow the dead to bury their own dead. Really? And that's what I meant by, I would, I would be offended if Jesus said that to me. This man might have been grieving in the grieving process. This is, and this is not a parable. This is, this is legit, the words of Jesus. Let the dead bury their own dead. Where's the compassion? Let's continue reading. But he said to him, allow the dead to bury their own dead. But as for you, go and proclaim everywhere the kingdom of God. Another also said, I will follow you, Lord, but first permit me to say goodbye to those at home. But Jesus said to him, no one after putting his hand to the plow and looking back is fit for the kingdom of God. So in these instances, it's related to the family. It's related to family. The guy just got married. I'm, 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 
I am I have somebody that I'm giving my entire heart to now. Someone I'm giving my entire heart to, my mind to, focusing on, thinking about. But even 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 Jesus is 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 cha- challenging us when it comes to our family. When it comes to our loved ones, the people that we care so much about. And it it seems insensitive, but this is his heart. But we, we all know that Jesus does care about family deeply. We know that. You guys remember with, with Mary and Martha, their brother Lazarus, when, when their brother died. Jesus wept, the Bible tells us. Like he cried. He wept. And Jesus knew that he was going to bring him back to life. But Jesus aches for us when we ache. His heart breaks for us when our hearts break. He cares so deeply. But what what Jesus is after is all of your heart. What Jesus is after is all of your mind, all of your soul. Jesus does not want to become second in your life to any work, to family, to your possessions, to your plans. Jesus does not want to take second place. He wants to be first in your life. Jesus wants to become first. And he wants to fill your heart. And maybe some of you have, you know, you've been in church all your life. You've heard every sermon. You've probably heard this sermon preached a thousand different ways. And maybe, and maybe you're just at that place where I just don't get excited anymore about the things of God. I don't get excited anymore. I don't know why. But I just don't, I don't have that fire like I once did. And God is inviting you today to come to his table. God is inviting you right now to become excited about what he has. Because if you think about it, all those things that those people had, they were all new, right? It was a new oxen. It was a new land. It was a new life together with his wife. So all these things are new and they seem exciting. And sometimes I believe we can replace things on this earth for the things of the Lord. And it fills us up and we will not come to the table. It's exciting, the things that happen in in the world today. With technology advancing, there's so many things we can get our hands on and do and be a part of. But God is asking you, come dine with me. Come be with me at the table. Enjoy fellowship with me. Don't put me over your plans. Include me in your plans. And that's why I love the visual of seeing a table set up. Can you imagine? Can you imagine a war going on? Like right now, let's imagine it. A war is going on. And Jesus, you see Jesus, he has like this tablecloth on his back. He, has, he built the table because he's a carpenter. So he has a table in his hand. He said, Jesus, you got to get covered. You got to get down. It's getting crazy out here. You see these arrows flying? He's like, hey, one sec. Like puts it up. Like, It's like, hey, come sit. Jesus, you are tripping right now. This is what I'm about to eat. I'm about to eat any food? Come sit. Lord, we are being attacked. Attacked. We're about to die. Come sit. We also see that, right, in the, when he was on the boat and Jesus is sleeping. He's sleeping on the boat and there's a storm going on. So this is his character. This is who he is in the middle of life, in the middle of our trials, in the middle of tribulations, in the middle of our plans. He wants us to sit and dine with him. Don't exclude me from what you're doing. Include me. Include me. Don't wait to get everything ready and fixed and all together, but I'm inviting you to come and to be with me. As we come to a close, I just want you to think about 
what are some areas in your life that maybe you've put before the Lord? As I'm going to invite Mary to come up, and I just want us to take some time, take a moment to reflect. What are some things that we have put before the Lord? What are some things that we have replaced instead of Him? Things that fill us up. Is it is it plans? Are we do we get excited about new plans, and we don't include Him in those plans? Is it our possessions? Is it getting more things? Is it ways maybe we're getting more money somehow or our finances? Is it the people in your life? Is it your family that we've placed before him? We've neglected coming to the table because we want to figure it out and that's just human. That's our human side. We want to figure it out. We want to be strong. <laughs> but God gives us strength in our weakness. Our heart may fail and our flesh may fail. But God is the strength of our heart and our portion forever. God wants to be the strength of your heart. Not only that, he wants to fill your heart again. I don't know if you've lost excitement about this journey with Christ. This journey we have with him, it's beautiful. It could be amazing. But God wants to bring you back to excitement, to fulfillment, to hope, restoration. So I'm going to pray for you. And just take a moment to think about where, where the, what area it is that maybe I've put before the Lord. And I know for me, speaking in my own life, <laughs> I can just get away with just time. And I don't devote the time that he deserves. For me, that is time, Lord. I'm not spending, I would much rather spend time doing other things, maybe watching TV or whatever. And he's, he's waiting at the table. He's there. And he has so much to offer. His, his heart, his beautiful heart, he has to offer. His joy, his peace. So I'm going to just pray for us and as I'm praying, just think about what area is it plans, is it your possessions or is it the people in your life that maybe you've put before the Lord. God, we thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father, for who you are in our lives, Lord. God, you are holy and sovereign. Thank you, Father, for your word. Thank you, God, that you desire to be first. You are a jealous God. You don't want anything else, anything else to come before you. You want to be number one in our lives. God, show us right now as we're reflecting, as we're taking time to sit with you. God, what may have we been putting up before you? Why are we neglecting to come to the table and be with you, Jesus? God, we thank you right now for your faithfulness in our lives, that you are always good, always faithful, always sovereign. We ask that you would just teach us and show us in this time. We give you all the glory and all the praise. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
through Jesus. God, you are holy. There's no one like you, Father. Thank you, Jesus, for giving us this opportunity, this time with you, to spend with you in your presence, to be at peace with you, to be at peace with your plan, your will for our lives. Thank you, Lord, that you have everything under control. You have not missed a step. Your timing is perfect. Your ways are perfect and higher than ours. Thank you, Father, for giving us each other as brothers and sisters in Christ. I pray that we continue to draw closer to you and closer to each other in unity, Father. We thank you, Father, for what you're doing in us and through us, God. We give you all the glory and all the praise. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening to this week's message from Crosspoint Community Church. You can find us on the web at crosspointonline.org. There, you'll find links to our social media accounts. We gather every Sunday at 11 a.m. in Roswell, Georgia. Tune in next week. 